Right, folks, welcome to the Respect the Math podcast brought to you by Reliable Tech Help. For all of your IT needs, call Reliable Tech Help at 502-797-7399 or visit our website at ReliableTechHelp.com. That's ReliableTechHelp.com. Well, welcome back to the show. I am your co-host, impersonating Digital David today. We've got Digital David in the hot seat. I'm going to go with the name, uh, when I'm not pretending to be Digital David, I'm going to be Curious Coral. Nice. So uh, uh, we are here at the podcast to talk about everything from technology to business, science, popular culture, and more. You can find us on Facebook, YouTube, and podcast apps from Apple, Google, Spotify, Amazon, iHeart, and others. Please interact with us online, and if you would like to hear more, please subscribe and share our content. Uh, We'd love to hear from you. So today, Digital David in the hot seat. Uh, The title of today's show is, Who is Digital David Snyder? That was a question that I put to you a few weeks ago. Who the heck is Digital David? Yeah, what, it was is, a great, what is this guy? It was a great idea. Just a little background. Coral and I have been uh, kind of going back and forth for a couple of months now, and she was kind enough to give me some of her, you were kind enough to give me some of your time uh, to kind of uh, give me a, um, a, your, your overview of my podcast mm-hmm. and this online persona that I'm trying to establish, and you had a great idea. You said, you know, you talk a lot about uh, the people that come on your show and other things, but you don't talk much about yourself. Right. And so you had this great idea of, you know, who is David, digital David Snyder. Yes. And I thought about that, and I was like, you know, that is a great idea. And a day or two later, it occurred to me we should do a podcast and yeah. you know, turn the tables yeah. on me, put me in the hot seat. Right. You could host it, and we yeah. can answer the question, who is Digital David Snyder? Yeah, so trying trying to kind of dual uh, purpose here, impersonate you a little bit. I've got my fun T-shirt mm-hmm. and my glasses. I like it. Uh, I couldn't do much with the curls, but... Uh, That's okay. Look, yeah, I noticed uh, in David's podcast, he's either wearing a fun shirt or a striped shirt, and I didn't have any striped shirts, and that's worked out perfect because he's wearing a striped shirt today so i'm I'm kind of boring and predictable (laughs) yeah (laughs) so uh digital david here aka uh, curious coral ready to start the show yes so the burning question everyone wants to know who the heck is digital david yeah i'm a guy who's curious um i've always been curious about a lot of things i have a lot of hobbies and interests i'm into science and math and business and popular culture politics religion philosophy I've just always been just an insatiably curious person um, for, for, for as far back as I can remember. And it gets me in trouble sometimes because my curiosity will lead me in a direction of asking people questions about things that are inappropriate or, you know, the two things you're not supposed to talk about, religion and politics. And right. I, I always push back against that. I was like, well, that, those are two of the most fun things to talk about. You're telling me I can't talk about them at all. And so I've kind of had to learn uh, when it's appropriate. I've had to learn to read people because if you delve into those waters, some people can't have a conversation about it without getting upset or being defensive or it bringing up other issues. And so I've had to kind of uh, craft craft my approach uh, to that carefully to, you know, look out for those types of things. So are you that guy that everyone dreads showing up to their Thanksgiving dinner? I sure hope not. I used to be that guy. I, I don't know. I don't know. If, I don't know. If people dreaded me. You're, ref- you're more refined now, though. You're like, this, maybe this isn't the best time to ask about politics. I'll wait till after dessert. Yeah, I definitely don't bring it up then. Um, I do try to uh, appropriately bring it up, you know, when it's um, when it's a, a mutually understood that I'm with people that I can have a respectful conversation with and they're interested in talking about it. 
I'm certainly not opinionated in the sense that and I want to engage them in a conversation mm. to persuade them to my way of seeing. Right. I certainly have my opinions and my ideas, and I'll defend them, but it's not for converting people, so right. to speak. I'm not right. proselytizing. And I think that's very clear from all the episodes of your podcast that I've listened to, that it just, you, you are able to uniquely hold that space of being curious and letting people self-express without, like you said, making them first and foremost feel unsafe. They feel very safe sharing their, their views with you, but also you're in the episodes that I've listened to, you've sort of reminded them periodically, whether you're reminding them or you sort of say it like you're reminding your listeners. Um, I think it's helpful to remind that, hey, I'm not here to change you. You're not here to change me. We're just talking about things. Mm -hmm. so. Yeah, I hope so. Um, so I've always been curious. I've always thought about um, a lot of things. Uh, I've always been an interested person. I'm always getting on this kick or that kick, whether it's collecting or what, whether it's working out. Um, I'm interested in politics. Mm -hmm. I'm interested in uh, popular culture. I'm interested. I mean, I love being an American. Um, I'm very proud to live in this country. I feel it's a privilege, um, the opportunity that we have, and both in the forms of mm -hmm. personal liberty and economic opportunity has been really uh, done or has been good for myself and my family and our businesses. Yeah. Um, so I'm always just uh, thinking and asking questions and trying to learn more. And uh, it's hard sometimes for me to turn that off. I've, kind of entering a different phase in my life now where I'm looking like, okay, what's the next half of my life look like? And it's, it occurred to me when my wife and my son went away for a trip for a few days, I just couldn't sit on the couch and do nothing. Mm. And it, I was like, you don't want to sit on the couch and do nothing all the time because then you'll be, you know, not productive. Couch potato. Yeah. But I think there is <laughs> something to being able just to put the phone on airplane mode or just mm -hmm. set it on the other side of the room and just, be present in your situation and oh, just yeah. with, with your thoughts and right. not always, I'm always on Reddit or Twitter or um, researching things on Google to learn more. And uh, that's a good thing, but yes. all things in moderation. Right. Yeah. And uh, so you're, you so can, you have a curious mind, but you also have a very active mind. You're always churning out thoughts and ideas and questions and yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's always going. It always has, um, that, uh, Ani DeFranco, a good musician once said, uh, every tool is a weapon depending on how you hold it, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. So, uh, I've had to learn. I haven't heard that name in a long time. I, yeah, yeah. It, <laughs> it, it was really profound when I heard her say that in one of her songs, every tool is a weapon depending on how you mm -hmm. hold it. For sure. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, and that weapon has certainly, um, made itself, um, it, it's, it's certainly happened in certain phases of my life. I want to go back to when you said, you know, are you that guy that people dread showing up? I've, I've been that guy. I'm teasing you. Well, no, I've, no, but seriously, it's a fair question. Because yeah. if you're opinionated and you like right. to talk to people about things, certain people are going to be turned off about that, right or wrong. And in my uh, uh, younger days, youth being wasted on the young, mm. <laughs> um, I, w I had a chip on my shoulder. And I did think mm. I knew the objective truth and that people who didn't see it that way were wrong. And it got me, me into a lot of conflicts with people and turned uh, you know people off to me. And it occurred to me probably in my mid-20s that um, – Ultimately, and th this came from studying physics, the size of the universe is unimaginably large, and the universe has been around for an unimaginable uh, amount of time, mm -hmm. and I am just not even a fraction of a mm -hmm. piece of sand in terms of time and space and all the people that have lived 
And when that occurred to me, I was like, I, I've been taking myself way too seriously. <laughs> I've been blind. I've been blind to all the other possible things that I don't know or that could have changed or that I'm blind to or I have blind spots. And right. in that moment, I shifted and I was like, okay, you can still be passionate. Right. You can still be curious. You can still engage people in, in, in conversation. Mm. But if you bring to the table, I'm right and you're wrong, what's, right. the, what's the point of it? So is that really the conception of the podcast is a way for you to be able to have those conversations in a free, free speech kind of optimistic people are coming voluntarily. I mean, does that, is that really an outlet for you to be able to do what you love in a healthy, positive way? Yeah. At this point in my life, I'm a big believer in the law of attraction and the secret and doing things organically. And if it doesn't happen, if, if it has, if it has to be forced then it's probably not going to work. Mm -hmm. And so like many other things in my life at this point, it was organic. I found myself having a conversation just like this with a client when I was working on his home theater back in December. Mm -hmm. And it's, the light bulb went off in my mind. I was like, I'm having these conversations all the time. Yeah. Why not document them? Try, yeah. try to build an online following, see if I can make some money doing it. And here we are. Right, so, right. But one of the pillars for it was free speech. I'm a huge advocate of free speech. Mm -hmm. Now, if you're using your free speech to harm somebody or commit a crime or call for violence, threaten someone's life and so forth, harassment, sexual, whatever it might be, stalking, that's unacceptable. Right. But outside of that, uh, I, th I think there's no more fundamental and important human right than free speech. Right. It's like you said earlier, every, every tool can be a weapon at some point. So, mm -hmm. yeah, that's, yeah, that's the boundary. I like that. And I like that you have that boundary around the podcast and around people you know, sharing their ideas and opinions and yeah, it's good. Yeah. There was a great podcast to listen from Joe Rogan. He's a big influence on me where he had a free speech rights advocate on the show. Oh. Yeah. And they talked about the Skokie, Illinois case where the Ku Klux Klan in Skokie, Illinois fought all the way to the Supreme court for their right to mar mar march down main street in Skokie, Illinois and spew out their disgusting hate, hate filled and racist and bigoted uh, ideas. And they won. And, and mm. they won based on free speech grounds, but they also won because a group of Jewish lawyers, who who's higher on the shit list of the Ku Klux Klan right. than Jews, <laughs> volunteered to represent these people mm. because they believe in free speech. Wow. Yeah, and so that That's really it, it was. And he also talked it's so to, conflicting and <laughs> yeah, dramatic. Oh gosh. Yeah, in, in a truly free society, which which we have, I believe, or we're working on, yeah. it, we're getting better. People. Ha have the right to take these liberties that are precious and sacred and right. rare and do some terrible things with them. Right. And that, that's hard to come to grips with. But if you start restricting what people can say and think and do in that space, outside of the obvious exceptions of committing a crime or calling for violence, that kind of thing, then you don't get the good things that right. can come out of that. Right. Yeah. And I, I believe, and you can call me a hack or whatever, but I, I believe this is the greatest country in the history of humanity. I believe there's plenty of things we have to fix, plenty of bad things that have happened in this country in the past. I'm not denying those. But the framework, the fundamental founding of this country um, is rock solid. There's no more fertile soil anywhere in the world to start from nothing and build a nice life for yourself. Um, you know, tell that to the people in Ukraine right now. They don't even have their... I just heard on the news this morning, Russia is targeting the, their power infrastructure because it's getting cold so they can freeze people to death. Oh, jeez. Yeah. I mean, you know, and those are, they might be two separate countries, but those are all the same people genetically, oh, yeah. culturally. Most of the people in Ukraine speak Russian. So, you know, there's plenty of things that we need to fix in this country. There's plenty of problems that um, uh, are unresolved. And I fully admit that as a white male in this country, I benefit from some of the establishment, 
you know, this kind of country was founded arguably by white males for white males. Um, and I benefit from that every day a little bit. I'm less likely to be pulled over. I'm not as likely to be harassed in a sexual way in an office environment as most women are, you know, or have been. So, um, yeah. I like that. You have a nice dose of pride and also your, your feet are on the ground. You're like, uh, I'm not over here saying America's the best and blocking everything out. You're like, uh, we're, I still think we're the best despite all the skeletons in our closet. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I think that really is what people need to hear. David is, Hey, I can be supportive of, you know, the U S or life here and being an American and also acknowledge the things that have been you know, unacceptable or hard or painful. I think you, I think you kind of hold that line really beautifully. I'm empathetic. I try to be an empathetic person. I think it's one of my natural gifts. Um, I've always been able to put myself in the other person's shoes mm-hmm. and I'm not doubting for a second that it's difficult to be a minority in this country. It's difficult to be a woman, um, compared to what it's like being a white male. I mean, that's obviously the preferred, uh, you know, um, class of people. And, uh, there's a benefit to being that thank God over the time, we, we've narrowed that gap. Mm-hmm. It's not quite as easy to be that compared to, um, you know, a religious minority or a cultural minority or a racial or ethnic mm-hmm. minority. So, mm-hmm. um, I, yeah, igno- it's interesting. It's, there's turmoil. I know a, I know a white male who was rejected from a job because they were specifically looking for minority. And he was like, I feel discriminated against. And I'm like, we can't even go there. <laughs> yeah. Cause they're trying to, you know, it's just, yeah, it's it's a it's an interesting interesting time that we're living in. I kind of want to circle back though, specifically to Digital David, right? So mm-hmm. you didn't name yourself Curious David. The nickname you went with here is Digital David. Yeah. So um, did Digital David come as a nickname once you started the podcast, or did you already have that nickname when you were just working in your company, Reliable Tech Help? Where did where did where is the origins of that name? It's a great question. Um, ever since college, from my friend who was getting a computer information systems degree, and I was finishing up my philosophy degree, showed me all the cool things you could do with a computer at the time. I became infatuated. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can create music. <laughs> you can make a movie. You can build a spreadsheet. I mean, there's all these things you can do in that digital space. And Note my, to self, have David help me set up my digital signature. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All the little things that I struggle with technology-wise. Yeah. I'm sitting with the man. Shameless, shameless <laughs> self-promotion. Um, yeah, but no, I mean, there's so many things, and it's all digital. And I figured out all of it by people helping me and me figuring it out on my own. And uh, what a great country we live in. The majority of it I got paid to learn by my customers. They come to me with um, problems all the time, you know. How do I take these old analog tapes and convert them to digital so I can preserve them and distribute them? Mm-hmm. Um, I learned photography. I was a f- professional photographer for a few years and did graphic design and cinematography and that cool. kind of stuff. So, yeah. And it's all under the, this blanket of digital technology. Uh, okay. So I've learned unbelievably uh, amounts of um, skills um, I, and, and, and I got pay, paid to learn most of it, which is really remarkable. So I dabble in a lot of things, um, most of them being technology related. And it just occurred to me one day, I'm Digital David. Oh, okay. Yeah. And I also liked, I always liked um, when digital first came out with DVDs, I always liked the way they looked. I preferred them to analog. And I especially, especially preferred digital audio when the CD came out. Uh-huh. Now, some people criticize it and say it doesn't have the warmth or whatever of, of analog and the vinyl records and all right. that stuff. But for me, 
everything that came down the pike digital i was all in on and so that's my persona i'm digital david snyder i'm digital more than i am anything else okay yeah Yeah. so and you know i wanted to kind of i think um that i have some ideas that are unique and i think i can get them out there and possibly build an online presence and a following and maybe monetize that and give myself something something a new horizon to pursue mm-hmm. um, 18 years into running reliable tech help it kind of runs itself at this point i got some really talented team members and Good. loyal clients and Good. it doesn't require a lot of my day-to-day effort right. you know and time uh, and and focus so i'm just o- always chasing that next horizon and um, i'd like to get my ideas out there and my experience right. and um, yeah. that's part of what the next chapter of my life looks like right i feel like you're going to be a lifelong learner Oh, absolutely. And a lifelong starter-upper. <laughs> Probably, yeah. Yeah, but that kind of leads us into our next thing. Speaking of the next phase of my life, um, I, I it occurred to me about a year ago that this 18 years or so I've spent of building a network and building businesses uh, and building relationships with people and learning how to sell and how to mm-hmm. wear all the hats of running a business, marketing, mm-hmm. customer service, accounting, billing, all that kind of stuff. I thought to myself, it'd be a real shame if I I developed all that and perfected it and didn't use it for anything other than just building another business and making more money. And so that's when I started See Good to Be Good. I try, tried to align myself with a few charities over the last uh, year prior to that. And for whatever reason, it just didn't work out, and that's fine. Mm-hmm. So I said, screw it. I'll start my own charity. And so that's what I did. And so I want to leverage my resources, my network, my professional um, uh, experience and skill sets uh, to to help people. Okay. Yeah. That's great. I, I want to give people an example of here's a guy that I didn't grow up poor, but I was in the lower middle class. I borrowed my way through college, took me 10 years to pay off my student loans. Um, and I did it. I got there and I'm not one of these people who said, well, I did it. And if you didn't do it, you're lazy or you didn't work hard enough. I'm not that guy. Mm-hmm. I'm the guy that says I climbed the mountain. Now what's the next best thing to climb in the mountain? going back down and helping somebody else get back up mm-hmm. and then repeating the process. Mm-hmm. So I discovered this genuine joy that I get and fulfillment I get from helping other people. Right. So, yeah. and I'm pragmatic about it. I tell people, I'm look, I found a path up the mountain. It's not the only path, right. but if you want Good. my, if you want my help, I can only advise, advise you to take the path I took. Now you can modify it a little bit if you want, but, and mm-hmm. I'm, I'm totally open if you want to find your own path. But if you're asking for my help, I'm pragmatic. All I can all I can tell you is what I did that worked for me. Right. So yeah. that's the next phase of my life is mentoring people, helping people. Um, I'm real big into education, human rights, animal rights, that kind of stuff. So cool. Just want to chase that next horizon and do something other than make money. I like it. I like the way that you kind of organize your thoughts and organize your interests and you sort of check them off and you're like, well, that was, that was satisfying On to the next thing. What could that be? Let me research what the next thing is. And, uh, I just think it's, it is so interesting and, uh, you are such a dynamic. Oh, we should start calling you dynamic. Uh Oh, Uh -oh. cause there is so (laughs) much more. Well, there is so much more than just the digital stuff that you do. Mm -hmm. You have the hobbies and the collecting and now you have the, um, the nonprofit, you know, you're really like dynamic, David. Well, my family, and I'm in, really into music and the arts. I was in New Orleans uh, about, I guess it was February of this year, and I saw the, these wonderful blues jazz musicians playing, and most of the people were just walking around or just looking at their phones, paying no attention to these people. And uh, I had a profound experience. My son and I uh, were listening to a band play, and we were the only people out of like 50 people there that clapped for them. And the musicians were so grateful, and they thanked us for listening to them and, mm-hmm. and acknowledging what they were doing. I was uh. like, 
I can I can do better than that. I, I, I can leverage my experience and my resources and my network to um, help promote these arts that we take for granted a lot of a lot of the time. And most of those people are very humble people and they don't make much money doing that. They're following their passion. Yeah. And so I want to help. I want to help that. Right. You know, I want to, we have a needs-based scholarship. We started to help someone uh, go to school in the arts. I'm not limiting, I'm not limiting it to, I'm not limiting it to music. It could be, you know, painting, sculpting, dance, photography, just something creative, theater. When did you start the nonprofit? Started January 1st. Okay. Yeah. Do you so, have a website and everything? We haven't built a website yet. Okay. Like all my other businesses that I build, I do it <laughs> organically. And uh, I now this one's a little bit different because when I started it, I said I'm going to fund all the expenses of it for my own personal uh, money. Okay. So it's a little bit different than most of my businesses because I started a business and I don't buy a bunch of stuff and build a website and pay for all this marketing and all that until I, I approve my concept. I get okay. revenue from that. And then I use the revenue to pay for those things like I did mm-hmm. with this podcast. Mm-hmm. I put a little bit of my money into it for equipment and stuff to get started, but mm-hmm. I was revenue positive and profitable within six months. So it's a little bit different on the nonprofit, mm-hmm. but I'm going to funnel the expenses out of pocket so that every single dollar that comes in in the form of donations uh, goes towards the cause. Cool. Every single penny of 100% every dollar. percent of donations. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. So, But I grow it slowly and organically, mm-hmm. and we've only got a couple hundred dollars that we've raised so far, but that's okay because we'll get there. Right. Um, down the road and it's not it's, it doesn't have a hard timeline on it mm-hmm. but yeah I'm thinking once we get to around four or five thousand um, dollars we'd like to uh, start the process of interviewing people for cool. the needs-based scholarship we're also collaborating with the uh, College of Arts and Sciences at Louisville the University of Louisville okay um, I got to be good friends with the former chair of the department and now the current chair and we're also going to wor- work on possibly an internship with my company for a philosophy student. Nice. Yep. And then we're also going to work on maybe doing some fundraising um, for the my foundation foundation to donate to the cool. University of Louisville College wow. of Arts and Sciences. All right. So you have a big 2023. Yep. Well, the, the the wheels are in motion, but like everything I do, and I'm big uh, big proponent of the Dave Ramsey approach. I'm the tortoise. It's slow. It's boring. Mm-hmm. There's nothing sexy and sensational about it. But the tortoise wins the race every time. So mm. I'll get there. It might take me a year or two to get this scholarship in place. It might take longer. Mm-hmm. But I'm not going to compromise the system that I know that works over and over again because I've proven it and I've seen other people do mm-hmm. it just to get a head start or take a shortcut. So nice. Yeah. that's kind of where we are. Cool. Good for you. Yeah, thanks. It's just the next, like you said, the next thing. Yeah. So, wow. That's so interesting. Yeah. Well, if you hadn't gone, I mean, I'm, I kind of want to switch your name to Dynamic Dave. Let's but do that. If you, <laughs> if you hadn't gone with Digital Dave, what would you have gone with? Oh, man, that's a tough one. Um, I can't answer that right now. Let me think about it. Maybe I can come up with something. I, I don't. I stole the second best answer. Well, so I was I was known I was known in my twenties as being as being sarcastic and kind of chip on my on, on my shoulder. It's uh, one time uh, one of my friends called me an asshole, and I said that's Mister Asshole to you. Oh gosh! And so that's you're like off. the jerk, Steve Martin. You're like yeah yeah. So I was Mister Asshole for a while uh, in high school. I um, was not a good student. I didn't like school. Um, I was more into partying and smoking weed and cutting class and all that kind of stuff and hanging out with my friends and doing bad things. But um, I was with my friends sophomore year of high school at J-Town High School, and it was lunchtime, and I was telling them about, I think I had something to do with meteorology or something. They're like, dude, you're a nerd. We're going to call you Beekman. 
Remember Beekman's oh, World? Oh, my word. So in high school, I was Beekman. <laughs> I haven't thought about um, that in so long. Yeah, so uh, I've had multiple different names. Hmm. Um, but now you're like totally in this like humanitarian sphere. Yeah, luckily, what? yeah, luckily I, I found my way. Mm-hmm. I was telling somebody the other day that when I got to college, in one of the first classes I took, the professor walked in and said, this, this is not high school. I'm not going to babysit you. Come to the class. Don't come to the class. I don't care. Um, this is your responsibility to get your own education and, and your result, your results will be the result of how much, you know, studying and effort you put into it and so forth and attending class. And I was like, wait a minute, I'm not forced to be here. <laughs> is this when the switch happened? This is when you became the lifelong learner up until this point. You I were was like always through school. And I was then you're always, like, oh my God, I get to be a rebel here. I, I, was, <laughs> I was always a curious person, but that curiosity manifested itself in a lot of self-destructive behavior, partying and anarchy and getting in trouble in school and all that so i had to find a way to harness it and use it for something productive um you're like i'm gonna become a genius well (laughs) um i tell people i and this isn't humility i'm just being honest i don't think i'm all that intelligent i really don't i think that i'm curious and i'm persistent Mm -hmm. and so when you're curious and you're persistent you don't give up and so i've amassed a lot of knowledge and a lot of experience in a lot of areas, academic world and music and all the areas we talked about earlier, but I think only because I chased them mm. and I was persistent and I don't give up until I figure something out. Mm-hmm. So I'm not that guy you want to be locked into one of those uh, breakout rooms with. No. No, because MacGyver will be over in the corner figuring out where the key is mm-hmm. and I'll be beaten on the door until my until I pass out or the door opens. Like That's I'm. <laughs> I have a brute force approach. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not (laughs) clever. I'm not, I wasn't naturally gifted with a mathematical mind um, or an analytical mind or a problem solving mind. Okay, so you're like, let me absorb all the information, maybe, maybe not use it. I'm the guy, I'm I'm the guy that'll figure it out two or three years later after the talented person or the intellectual person. But those people tend to kind of lean on their talent. Um, one thing I've learned by studying people like Michael Jordan is, yes, he he was enormously gifted, but he outworked all of his competition. Um, he had a commercial where he talked about all the mistakes he had made. People talk about, oh, I've made so many game-winning shots. Well, I missed far more game-winning shots than I ever made. Mm. I, I missed far more um, game-winning plays or important uh, you know, uh, defensive plays or assists to, to his teammates. And he went on this long list of all of his failures. And then he said at the end, that's why I'm successful. Because I kept, I kept going. Right, the persistence, know? the perseverance. Yeah. yeah, and when I'm coaching people, I tell them, I'm like, you're only a loser if you lose and you don't learn something from it. Mm-hmm. And then you repeat the same mistake over and over again. Mm-hmm. They call it failing forward. I've made way more mistakes in my life than I've ever, you know, um, made, you know, had... I've had more mistakes. I've made more mistakes than I've made good decisions that led to good results. I just, I just, uh, I'm still here and I'm still, yeah, I, I live to fight another day. I didn't mm-hmm. have any um, critical mistakes that would, you know. So what about this new chapter that you're, you're describing? Okay, this next phase of my life, I'm, I'm going to focus more on this. Was that prompted from a mistake? Was that, was that prompted from a failing forward? Mm. Is there something that happened? Well, there's there's a long or list. Good th- or maybe it was good, something good. Yeah, you know, I just, like you said earlier, I, I have a lot of thoughts that are always just bouncing around in my head, and it just occurred to me one day, and I've, lo- I've, lo- 
I've tuned myself to listen to those and to trust those. So it's not a lot of um, like a, an epiphany or a profound, you know, in experience. I just have these thoughts and I grab them occasionally and harness them. And mm -hmm. then I just, just kind of ride them out. It was, it was random. I mean, starting Reliable Tech Help was a t total accident. I didn't set out with a business plan or start, start a business. Mm -hmm. I was working at Best Buy in 2004 selling computers and people asked me to come up to their house and set them up for them. And after oh. I left that job, I was working for an insurance company doing uh, claims and auditing for three years. And I was fixing computers on nights and weekends. Half of it I was doing for free because I thought it was fun. Literally. Wow. Yeah. And I got fortunate enough to get fired from that job three years into it. And I was making money at that time. Not enough to, th to pay my bills, but close to it. Mm -hmm. And I said, I'm going to give this a shot. And here I am. I didn't sit down with a master plan. Um, I didn't, you know, get investors or... Mm -hmm. Uh, do any of that kind of stuff. It was very organic and natural, and it was just a, a, a result of um, integrity, doing right by people, and mm -hmm. just chasing my curiosities. And I think also seeing a need, right? So like you said, you were you were helping people on nights and weekends that needed your help, whether or not you were getting paid. I think mm -hmm. you saw a need, and you stepped into it. Yeah. You know. So what are the needs that you see You know, with reliable tech help? What are the most needs that you guys see or, or calls that you get or ways that you can step in? Yeah. I tell people we're digital plumbers. We're, we're service people. We're not writing programs. We're not, we're not coders. Uh, we're not involved in artificial intelligence or any of the higher level, um, you know, computer um, categories. Uh, we fix things. If you have a virus on your computer, if your network's down, if you can't print, if you want to replace your equipment, repair it, upgrade it. We do all that. We do a lot of um, fair amount of audio video. We did a conference room for an insurance company where put a big TV on there and a fancy camera and they, they can have conference calls with people all, all around the world, essentially. So you can take brand new equipment, get it installed, set it up. We source it too. Tell them how to. We sell a lot it. of electronics. Okay. So they'll say, Hey, this is what we need for our media room. And you're like, okay, I'll buy it, bring it in. So, okay. Yep. Cool. We quote, we quote people. We get, we probably um, close most of the quotes we submit because 99% of the time we're retail or less. Most mm -hmm. of the time we can save the money. But almost every time we can, we can at least match the retail price. So okay. why, would they, why would they go buy it from somebody else right. <laughs> unless it costs less? You right, know? right, right, right. Um, so Easier. the need that we serve um, is a niche that kind of accidentally we just carved out. Mm -hmm. um, most, most, I call them my so-called competition because technically they're our competition, but they're really not. And I'll tell you why. For three reasons. Who? Uh, you know, Geek Squad, Louisville oh. Geek, these other... Okay you know, it, people in the same space. Okay. I'm not, uh, I'm not knocking how they do things. We just, we just do them differently and it's worked out for us. The biggest, I one don't I, actually know what they do. I mean, I've seen their building. I drive past it. I've seen their cars around. They do what we do. I don't Tech actually, stuff, oh, okay. networking, cabling, okay. I would audio, assume, video, but computers. unless your vehicle yeah. wrap tells me what you do, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. You didn't presume. <laughs> yeah. Or assume. Yeah. No. Um, uh, what we do that's different is, um, first of all, we don't follow the managed services model, which is a fancy modern term for a retainer. Attorneys do it, you know, certain types of consultants do it. And so our so-called competition does, uh, doesn't want a one-off transaction. They don't want to come out and fix your computer and then not see, see you again for six months. No, they want to uh, um, sign a contract with you and you pay them a monthly fee and you do, usually do, do that a year or two at a time. And then, and then f for that monthly fee or retainer managed services fee, um, they are obligated to handle your IT needs. So what we found is in a retainer type situation like that, there's usually a winner and a loser. Either you pay for more services than you use or the provider provides more services than they get paid for. Mm. I don't like that. Mm -hmm. I like getting paid 
uh, when I work, and I'm fine not getting paid when I don't work. It kind of keeps you honest, you know. So we don't do that. Um, We found a nice niche of uh, small businesses and residential customers. On the small business side, they have 20 or less employees typically. They know they're going to have IT needs. They can't tell you if it's tomorrow or six months from now or nine months from now. And so they hire us for our hourly rate for our time. We fix Mm -hmm. their problem. And then it's a win-win. We get paid for working. That they, yeah. they don't buy stuff they don't they didn't use. You're just kind of on call. Yep, on yeah. call. Yep, they use the, they hire us as needed. It's worked mm-hmm. out really nice for us. There's a whole um, a small, especially on a small business side, a whole market that's been neglected by the managed service providers. They don't. Some of these small business owners don't have the budget to pay th- three or four or five hundred dollars or more a month for IT when they may or may not need it. Now, for larger businesses, it makes sense because they want to budget their IT needs and all their other stuff out years at a time or months mm-hmm. at a time. So it makes sense for them. I'm not knocking it. There's a right. market for it. It's right. great. Right. It works for a lot of usually people. bigger companies, though. It works for a yeah. lot of people. Yep. And so that's one of the areas where we're unique. Another one is we do residential work. Mm-hmm. 90 plus percent of those folks don't want any residential work. If they do it, it's to lubricate an existing relationship they have with somebody's okay. business. They'd be like, I don't really want to do it, but you're paying us $3,000 a month. I'll go out and help your wife out or whatever, the CEO of the company or something. They don't want to do that. And then the other area where where we're unique is uh, we do PC and Mac. Most people gravitate towards one or the other. We're Uh equally competent in a Linux environment, uh, iOS, Mac OS, and on the PC side, Windows and Android. Wow. So what type of stuff do you get for the residential calls? All kinds of stuff. My, a lot of a lot, a lot of networking stuff. Okay. Spectrum and AT&T are very good at getting a good, strong signal into your home. They're not very good at, like, um, the Wi-Fi side of it, ma- making sure all your devices can connect and stream and do all that kind of stuff. So we get a lot of networking stuff. Um, we, Just helping people get their Roku connected? Yeah, like, well, but more <laughs> importantly, like, like putting better equipment in. Okay. Yeah, like a mesh network or something like that. Um, increasing. Oh, get it in all corners of the house. Yeah, because they're good okay. at running a pipe to your house and turning the faucet on. If water comes out, to like, my job's done. You can figure out the rest. That, that's where we come in. We'll okay. put in a mesh um, Wi-Fi system to get them better coverage throughout their whole house. Uh, the intelligent home space has really taken off for us in the last several years. Okay. Um, that's where you have controlled lighting, where you have um, audio video, you have cameras in your house, you might have uh, secu- security components, motion detection, glass break, glass break sensors. We cannot technically install a security system because you have to be licensed to do that. Uh-huh. What we can do is assist the client in installing their own system because they can buy those now from Ring or Simply Safe or other um, manufacturers. We, we can assist them in installing their own system. Okay. So we do quite a bit of that. Okay. Quite a bit of intelligent home stuff. And that's what well, one thing that's been nice for me professionally over my lifetime is when I was a child or a younger person, uh, you know, teenager and younger, when your TV was out, you called a TV guy. Mm-hmm. When your stereo was out, you called a stereo guy. You know, when you're, um, you had an electrical problem, you called an electrician, you know, all that kind of stuff. You had a security mm-hmm. guy. You had, and you had a computer guy. You had all these different people, guys or gals, um, that would help you in each of those areas. Well, in my lifetime, all those areas have coalesced under the the blanket of being IT. Right. You're right? just kind of a handyman in the IT world. And yeah. there's so Everything much electronic. There's so much of it out there. There's so much of it out there. I can work on your TV. Yeah. I can put a stereo in. I can That's I good, can though. build I can build you a home theater. Uh, because I think it is a skill set that covers all those different appliances and, you know, all, all the different products and things. I think it, it seems like once you kind of not in any way, shape, or form to like minimize. I mean, the fact that you can do PC and Mac is oh, so helpful, you mm-hmm. know. But you're you're an expert in an entire 
field, not in just like one eighth of that field or something. So that makes it you, you much more sort of well-rounded and versatile. Well, luckily for me, all those things kind of, like I said, coalesced under the blanket of being IT. Right. You didn't have yeah. a, your computer yeah. guy didn't work on your TV 20 years ago. Right. Now right. they do. Your computer so do guy you, didn't work on your stereo 20 years ago. Now they do. Do you go into people's homes and just see like their mess of, you know, like cables and cords oh, yeah. and just be like, oh God, do you just carry zip ties with you? Do you, do you like clean oh, yeah. up? I got a trunk full of all that stuff. <laughs> I got a trunk full of all kinds of cables and tools and yeah, and we do quite a bit of um, uh, 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 smart thermostats, like Nest thermostats, just installed one. We do, um, like I said, uh, entry sensors for security yeah. systems, glass break sensors. We even do uh, um, carbon monoxide and um, smoke detectors. Ring has wow. a... Wow, really has a, anything has a, that is Because all that stuff's Wi-Fi based. <laughs> yep, it's electronics, wow. IT, all that stuff. It's worked out really nice for right. us. Well, let me, um, as... As Digital Dave, Curious Coral, let me ask you a question that's somewhat controversial. Okay. I want to remind everyone listening that uh, we are of no judgment as long as he's not saying anything that is harmful or promoting violence. We support free speech. Absolutely. <laughs> How do you feel about EMF? EMF. It's interesting you mentioned that. Uh, yeah, you're talking about putting mesh in people's homes and uh, 5G and all that. Right. How do you how do you feel about that? Yeah, I try to be an maybe, open. Maybe explain that to our listeners. Okay, yeah, electromagnetic, electromagnetic frequency sensitivity, mm -hmm. right? Yes. Yeah. Did you ever watch Break or uh, not Breaking Bad, but um Better Call Saul? No. Okay. Did you watch Breaking Bad? No. Shame on you. I'm sorry. You should be ashamed of yourself. I don't have time Great, to watch Greatest TV. television show ever made. <laughs> Anyways, there's a character in there and he has it. And so it, I'd heard about it before, but I didn't know much about it. The character really taught me a lot more about it. The prevailing wisdom here is that it's a psychological disorder and not an actual physical, biological condition. However, being an empathetic person, I would never take that approach when dealing with someone. And I actually have someone pretty close to me in my life now that claims they have it. And this person is, I'm not going to mention their name or anything about them, but this person sleeps in an electrically... Uh, what a, a Faraday cage, essentially. Um, this named after Michael Faraday, who helped us. Um, he took uh, James Clark Maxwell's equations on electromagnetism and helped us understand You're fields. You're losing me, David. It's okay. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. He's he's a very important physicist. Extremely important. Okay. Anyway, very important physicist has made, made an influence on Digital David's life. Oh, big time. Yeah, I spent three years of my life obsessed with Albert Einstein. But anyways. Um, so there's this thing called a Faraday cage, and it blocks all electromagnetic radiation. That's cell phone signals, oh. AM, FM, cordless phones, Wi-Fi, what does routers. It look like? Describe it. Um, well, it can be anything. I mean, you can make a bed out of a. You could. Faraday cage is a general term. It just means any anything that's closed and blocks EMF from getting in. Mm -hmm. That's all it means. It's just a concept. I could turn this room into it. Well, you see like the little stickers that you can put on things that are supposed to block, you know, on now your that, phone or stuff. Yeah, that, that's not a Faraday cage technically, but it's a concept's the same. It's trying to filter out certain yeah. frequencies of electromagnetic radiation, which we're all made of, by the way, but that's, that's a different story. Um, so my personal opinion on it, I'm certainly not a doctor. I think it it's more of a psychological condition where uh -huh. people, because they've done blind experiments where they've um, controlled double blind experiments where they told people who were claiming to suffer from it, they were in a Faraday cage and they weren't and they reported feeling better. So I don't want to dismiss people right. who, listen, if you're struggling with that, I have empathy for you, whether it is psychological or it's not, 
I don't want people to suffer. Mm-hmm. And this person that I know, he's sleeping in this Faraday cage now, and he, he he claims it's changed his life. And you know what? I'm a pragmatist. I don't care what you do uh, to get yourself to the promised land of being happy and functional right. and successful. If mm-hmm. you get there, I'm all for it. Okay, but if you ask my honest opinion, yeah. you you want to you know what I think. Yeah. I'm yeah. gonna tell you. I, yeah. I think it, I'm I'm not an expert on it. I probably know more about it because of what I do right. than the average person. But I'm. Right. The disclaimer is I'm not an expert on that. Okay. Um, but, uh, you know, the idea that electromagnetic radiation can harm you is not a, you know, it's true. Look at all the nuclear meltdowns from the plants that have been damaged in earthquakes in Japan. Mm-hmm. I think it was the Fukushima power plant. So f- certain forms of electromagnetic radiation, ultraviolet radia- radiation, which the sun emits, can cause cancer. We know that. That's why we wear sunscreen. So it's not completely out there. Um, but in a society like ours where we have standards and practices and we have the federal communications commission, Mm -hmm. we have the military, we have all these government entities whose job is to protect the public from these new products coming out. They're tested pretty thoroughly and, and they have a long list of criteria they have to meet Mm -hmm. to be, uh, to be granted the ability to sell those products in Mm -hmm. our, in our country. Um, so I'm skeptical. Yeah. But I want anybody. I want anybody to get help and mm-hmm. and be their best version of themselves and be happy. Yeah. So that's my. Yeah. Yep. Do you uh, have any thoughts on it? Because you brought it up. <laughs> um. I mean, I could. I can definitely see that perspective. Um. Yeah. Absolutely. Even even if you take something that's not like EMF, um, something like uh, living in a toxic mold home, uh, it can impact you psychologically. Oh, and kill you. So people when, um. I was in a situation like that where I had to get out of a home that was filled with toxic mold. And was it black it was, mold? Um, no, it was like, it was worse mold. Oh, <laughs> but worse than black mold. Anyways, wow. I met with a lot of remediation people and stuff like that. And they would tell me stories about how um, it just impacts you psychologically. And people would, you know, come out of those situations and be in a clean home. And they would just freak out all the time and swear that there was mold, even though there wasn't, you know, mm-hmm. and, and the lasting impacts of that. Um, so I think once you are afraid of something... It can absolutely have that placebo effect, totally. But I also have heard so many stories of people who, I mean, someone who's sensitive to, like, they were getting headaches all the time. I'm like, why the heck am I getting these, like, awful, awful migraines? And they realized it was every single time they got in their friend's fully electric vehicle. Mm. The batteries are just so big. You know, um, you hear stories all the time of people who are getting you know, cancer in certain parts of their body because that's where they kept their cell phone all mm, the time mm-hmm. or, you know, different things like that. Um, yeah, I can't discount yeah. those. And we had Wi-Fi in um, in my son's bed. That was just the, where it had to go was in my son's bedroom. And we definitely saw some changes in him. And mm. it didn't even occur to me until a year later. Oh, my God. Someone mentioned to me, they were like, maybe it's the, you know, maybe it's the EMF. And we pulled it out of there or we set it also on a timer where it wasn't on all the time. It wasn't mm-hmm. on when he was sleeping, which was when he was in there for the longest period of time. There, we don't need the Wi-Fi on at night. We're all asleep. Yeah. So, um, and that made a huge, huge difference. Well, there so, you go. Yeah. So I think it's probably a case by case, whether it's, you know, having a physiological shift of some sort or if it is psychological, but. Well, one yeah. thing that autism spectrum has taught me in my lifetime, you know, when I was a kid, I'm not proud of this. We used to dismiss those people. We call them retards or idiots or whatever. And I'm ashamed of that, that I did that when I was a young man. And now we know, no, they just have, they have a disease on the autism spectrum, most likely or some type of mm-hmm. psychological condition. And one thing that taught me was, um, 
that there is not this disconnect. The, temp- the temptation is to disconnect the biological and the physiological from the mental and the psychological, and they're interconnected. Mm-hmm. And so to just dismiss somebody, oh, oh, that person has ADD or they're bipolar or they're autistic. No, there's a that's as medical as medical and as biological and physical and physiological as diabetes or um, heart disease or, or right. cancer, whatever it might be. And right. so I learned that lesson. Um, to not dismiss those people and to not partition out disorders of the mind Mm -hmm. and treat them differently. You know, a diabetic not taking insulin is no different than a bipolar person not taking a mood stabilizer or an antidepressant or whatever it might be. So I think that's an important thing to say. Mm -hmm. As far as the EMF thing, it's certainly possible that there'll be some study come out in the future, and it is real. It's certainly possible. Mm -hmm. You know, um, studying physics and particularly quantum mechanics, which is the system that explains how things smaller than atoms behave, totally opened my mind. There's a world of possibilities out Mm -hmm. there that even the things I'm most certain of and most convinced of could and probably are wrong, or at least my understanding of it's incomplete. So I'm not going to dismiss anything <laughs> like that. We could find out next week that there, there's a secret study that's been done and 5G is killing people. It's possible. Certainly. It's, it's certainly possible, right? It absolutely is. Yeah. 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 So so that's, um, that's, that's my take on that. I want people to be happy, and if sleeping in a Faraday cage or doing whatever they do, turning off Wi-Fi mm-hmm. improves their lives, I'm all for it. Yeah. Well, thanks for letting me ask that question. Yeah, of course. you're yeah. the host. Yeah. Thanks for letting me be on your show. <laughs> you're so welcome. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Okay. My goodness. So I think we've learned so much about you today. Some of the, your background, where the name comes from. Yeah. More about your personality, the, the, the character. Who is Digital Dave? Who is Dynamic Dave? Curious yeah. Dave. And I've got a few more topics I'd like to discuss if we have a few more minutes. Yeah. I'd like to talk about my religious background. I think okay. I think it's important. That is something that you, you have mentioned over and over about it being very important for you to hold that space, especially with the podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's a direction I wanted to go to is, you know, how all this kind of ties into the podcast. And it's really not just a space for other people to have their you know, their freedom of speech, but for you as well. And you do like to talk about these things with people. So I wanted to know what yeah. are the, what are the top, you know, maybe two or three things that you like to talk with people about? I know religion is one of them and politics. Yeah. So tell me, tell me yeah. kind of where that motivation comes from or, or what it is that you feel like you need to share. What's more personal than religion and politics, right? Right. I mean, that's substantive. Maybe finances. Oh, that's yeah. a bit. That, that can be a bit. And those things, those, those things can, um, be intertwined as well, right? Yeah, so for me, um, religion is really interesting. I've always thought it was fascinating, not only what people think, but what they believe. Mm-hmm. And uh, like John Mayer said, belief is a, is a beautiful armor, but it makes for the heaviest sword. So uh, mm-hmm. like punching underwater, you never know what you're, uh, uh, what you're fighting for. So that was a great song, Belief mm-hmm. by John Mayer. Anyways, the idea there is... I mean, look, Look at the the great things that have been done because of what people believe, but also look at the terrible, disgusting things that have been done based mm-hmm. on people's beliefs. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's arguably the most important or interesting issue to talk about when I'm getting to know people. Um, and I have, I've also noticed that um, uh, politics kind of uh, influences that too. What I'll tell people my observations have been, typically people who are extreme leftists, not, not just Democrats and liberals, extreme leftists, their religion is politics. And on the extreme right, 
their politics is their religion. Mm, you see what I'm saying? Yeah. So I've noticed yeah. that, and I think that's dangerous on both sides. That's interesting. Yeah. And I have some, I have very moderate independent political views. We'll get into those in a minute. Mm-hmm. But for me, I was raised Christian. We kind of bounced around to a few normal t- to extremely weird Christian churches where I saw a lot of weird stuff. You ever heard of being slain in the spirit? Yeah. I, I saw that stuff. Um, yeah, you, have, you have a very interesting uh, religious place that you're in now with your past and in your yeah, family. Lo- and yeah, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. I'd love to get there. Yeah. yeah so I'm just kind of that. setting it up. So yeah. um, I saw a lot of weird stuff. I saw a lot of weird people that were claiming authority based on religion. And you asked, well, why are you, you know, why are you authorized to run this church or do this or that? And, Oh, because God said so. I was like, well, that's pretty convenient, right? Right. <laughs> I'll just say God said so, and I'll take over the world. <laughs> um, so I was always skeptical of that stuff at a very young age. I didn't like it. I was curious about it. Um, but I saw a lot of weird stuff. I saw a lot of weird people, but I also saw a lot of good people. I saw a lot of really good, kind-hearted, compassionate, well-intentioned people just to, just trying to find the truth, just like me. Yeah. And as critical as I am of religion, particularly the Christianity that I saw, I also take a moment to acknowledge the the, the good things that are um, involved in it. And I genuinely believe that most people who go to a modern mainstream Christian church in this country on Sunday are told to love their neighbor and have compassion and mm. be kind and be generous. Mm-hmm. And those are my values. Mm. Those are, uh, I have no problem with that. And so I, I, I became an agnostic atheist pretty much about halfway through college as I was getting my philosophy degree I just personally don't believe that the, the God that they're packaging and delivering to us doesn't make sense. And, and in my world, if it doesn't make sense, it's probably not true. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, people say, oh, God was looking out for me the other day. You know, I didn't get in this accident. Well, God's not looking out for the people in Ukraine right right now or North Korea or Iran, the women that are being murdered there, there for not wearing a head scarf, that kind of stuff. And so that always bothered me. I always identify with the people that either a guy A didn't care about or was punishing. It's it, it right, never made sense right. to me. Yeah. However, there's inconsistency in what's being said about the character. Yeah, that. and they and they yeah. pick and choose. You know, they'll tell you, well, you know, John three sixteen says this and so forth. Well, there's many passages in the Old Testament where uh, people didn't do what God wanted, so He murdered their whole village. You know, He asked, uh, I think it was Isaac or Abraham, to murder his own child as a sacrifice to God. I mean, there's some real backwards, sick stuff in there, right? And I'm like, don't quote the Bible to me. If you're going to cherry pick certain verses that are warm and fuzzy and dismiss the ones that are brutal, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So that always gave me a problem. I've, I've had a bit of a chip on my shoulder about it, but, but it occurred to me a few years later after I kind of settled on agnostic atheism, mm-hmm. which needs to be de- um, um, uh, defined. I was going to ask you, I didn't want to interrupt, but I also no, was you like, would you, would you define that for everyone? Yeah. And agnostic means, I don't know. That's what agnosticism means. I don't know. Look, God could be real. Jesus Christ could be God's son. He could be the Messiah. I don't know. It's possible. I suspect that's not true, but I don't know. Mm-hmm. Okay? And then the atheist part is, I, I tell people, philosophically, I'm an agnostic. I honestly can't t- tell you one way or the other. I can tell you what my suspicion is. My day-to-day lo- life is, um, I'm an atheist. I don't think about God. I don't pray to God. I don't ask God to get me out of jams. So mm-hmm. I'm practically day-to-day an, an atheist, but intellectually and philosophically, I'm an agnostic. Okay. And once I came to that conclusion, I realized there's a lot of good people out that are just trying to find the truth, just like me, mm-hmm. right? I, yeah. I, I just want to know the truth, whatever it is. Right. And so I'm very open to, um, I've had several religious people come on the podcast and I have a civil conversation with them. Mm-hmm. I try to put myself in their shoes and I do genuinely believe those are good people with good motivation. Mm-hmm. 
finding their path to the truth. And I respect that. And I'm, I'm actually grateful there's a lot of religious people in the world because there's a good chance somewhere on the planet if clean water is being ran to a village. It's probably or, a Christian organization. Or not, not, not just Christians, <laughs> Jews, Muslims, right? right? Yeah. yeah, Christians do a lot right. of that stuff and they deserve credit for that. They're o- overall, in my opinion, a force mm-hmm. for good on the planet. Mm-hmm. But a lot of religiously motivated yeah. people build schools for people in villages. They um, feed people. Yeah. They nurture people. They give them medical care. Yeah. Um, they help them get jobs. A lot of the um, drug rehabilitation and mm-hmm. uh, uh, rehabilitation of criminals mm-hmm. is do- uh, done by religiously motivated people, right. primarily Christians in this country, but right. not, not limited not to in that. Countries as well. yeah. yeah, and so yeah. I, I tell people I'm the least hostile atheist you'll ever meet. <laughs> I'm not here to convince you there's no God because I genuinely believe me trying to prove there is no God mm-hmm. is just as radical as someone trying to prove there isn't one. So right, yeah. Well, and the world, like you said, there's a lot of benefit coming from people who are striving to be what we define as good and loving and helpful and a whole lot. Yeah. And I'm a pragmatist. Yeah. If you go help somebody and you want to throw a little Jesus on them afterwards, yeah, you help somebody, right? <laughs> Is the little Jesus you threw on them irritating? Probably, yeah. yeah. But hey, you help them. That person who needs a meal to not right. starve to death right. can handle a little Jesus. The world if would it, be a different place if everyone was you know, motivated in the, the, the more positive, you know, religious ways. Well, yeah. and Christianity claims to be Christ-like. I'm like, mm-hmm. the Christ I was taught hung out with the sinners. He hung out with the sick and the, mm-hmm. um, the criminals mm-hmm. and the, uh, the le- I think called the least of these in the Bible. Mm-hmm. That's a, Jesus was a hippie as far as I'm concerned. Right. Live yeah. and let live, love everybody, let's get along, yeah. let's share our resources, let's care for each other, let's, mm-hmm. he probably even puffed on a joint or two, you know, I mean... <laughs> So the guy was a total hippie, and we're not, yeah. <laughs> in my opinion. So yeah. anyways, I just want to get out there. I'm all for religious freedom. I respect other people's religious views. I'm not here to proselytize and convert them. Right. I don't look down on them because they believe the way they do. I just found a different path, and it works for me. Right, yeah. So. And so how does that impact your, your life on a day-to-day basis? Uh, you know, maybe the shift that you went through from being raised in this Christian way, and then now being your agnostic atheist self, how, how does that impact? I defer to physics. I mean, okay. physics and science has taught us so much about what the truth is. It depends on how you define the truth, right? Mm-hmm. For some people, the truth is that, that God loves me and God created me and I'm going to heaven if, if, I, fo- if I follow a list of things as I'm supposed to do, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's fine. But for me, the truth is, like, light always travels in a vacuum at, at, a, at a fixed speed, 670 million miles an hour roughly. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, that is, that is true, right? That's observably true. Mm -hmm. Quantum mechanics is observably true. If you want to manipulate an electron, you can't treat it like a little ball. You have to treat it like a wave. And it's been proven in hundreds of thousands of experiments. It's never been disproven once. Mm -hmm. To me, that smells like the truth. Um, there's so much Mm -hmm. in mathematics that can, you know, proofs in mathematical Mm -hmm. theorems, you know, the Pythagorean theorem. Um, a squared plus B squared equals C squared. That is a fact. It's ne- never not true. And so there's so much truth that I've learned from science and math and physics. It kind of filled up that bucket I had that was empty searching for truth. But I tell people it doesn't stop there. Um, the humanities play a big role. Arts, um, uh, uh, sociology, psychology, the social sciences, the mental sciences, no ology has it all figured out, mm-hmm. and that, that's one of the beautiful things about it. And yeah. you can hate on religion as much as you want, but they they kind of have it cornered in the um, doing good work, doing good works, and having humanitarian values department. Mm-hmm. So you know, I think uh, Einstein said, 
religion without science is blind and science without religion is lame. <laughs> and that's Einstein, arguably mm-hmm. the most brilliant person who ever walked the planet, mm-hmm. the greatest scientist of all time. Right. So yeah. I well, think that needs to be said. And I think um, there's much to be said about people having a hope in something unseen. Absolutely. Or, or having, we all need that. I think, I think most, people are, most people are born with an awareness that they are not the center of the universe, that there mm-hmm. is something bigger than them, greater than them that's going on, whether that's an entity in heaven or just, you know, an overarching, you know, goal for humanity. They know that they're a part of something. Yeah. It's yeah. a lovely idea right. to know that you were created by someone who loves you and, mm. and, 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 you know, bestowed you with talents and gifts you can use <laughs> to find meaning and purpose while you're here. Right. Those right. are great. I wish they were true. You know, <laughs> like I like David, the way that in everything, you're one of those people, you really, you don't just talk the talk, you really walk the walk, right? So, Mm. so it's so important for you to have your spaces to have your free speech so much so that you created a space for other people to have their free speech. And I see this also playing out with your religion. So you are able to sit here and say, oh, I'm, you know, I'm an agnostic atheist, but I'm not, I'm not trying to change anyone. I'm really accepting of everyone else. And you truly honestly are accepting of everyone all the way down to your home so you're not you're not living in a space where everyone has the same belief mm-hmm. and you're That's able boring. to do that completely genuinely there's 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 no impact on the love and the relationship that you have with your family i mean tell us more about that because i really feel like that is you just living out how you, you know what you honestly say and how you feel well that's nice of you to say i've always been interested in, in the idea of integrity um, met a lot of people who claim one thing and then do another, and that always bothered me, mm-hmm. especially when those people had control over me, so, so some authoritarian position or role over me. I'm like, wait a minute, you're telling me to do this, and you're not right. even doing it? Why should I believe you? Why should I trust you? Um, so, yeah, integrity is a big deal for me. Um, I choose my words very carefully. You'll hardly ever hear me say words like, that's impossible, <laughs> or, that is never going to happen, <laughs> or I'm 100% certain. I choose my words very carefully. And it might be so subtle that people don't catch on to it, but if you're paying atten- atten- attention to what I'm saying or you read a transcript of a conversation I have or something like that, it, uh, those words are powerful. You're very calculated before they come out. Absolutely, yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I got to tell you, I go back to quantum mechanics. It is The conclusions of quantum mechanics are so bizarre that once I have finally quit resisting it and accepted it as scientific fact, it opened my mind up to a world of possibilities that wasn't there before. I genuinely believe that the Christians might have it figured out. I genuinely believe the Muslims might have it Mm -hmm. figured out. It it is certainly within the realm of possibility that all that stuff is true or some Mm -hmm. of it. Um, So I can't dismiss someone's viewpoint Mm -hmm. um, just because it it doesn't cross paths with the way I see things. Mm -hmm. Uh, With my family, it's very important. Well, with everybody... I don't want to commit to something and then not do it. And if I'm not going to be able to do it, I'm going to call you and tell you why, and I'm going to apologize. I've just always just been that person. Integrity is huge, you know? So you want to talk about religion for a minute, and then we'll kind of wrap things up? Yeah, yeah. Excuse me, yeah, politics. Yeah, 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 definitely. So so talk to me about your political views. How are they different um, than what what you, maybe who you host mostly on this show? I've voted for Republicans. I've voted for Democrats. I've protested by not voting. I've voted for mm-hmm. Libertarians. I've voted for Green Party people. I'm, I'm all over the spectrum. Uh, my ideas have evolved as I've evolved over time. I, I was more conservative at one point. I was more liberal at one point. Now I claim myself to be a uh, left-leaning 
just barely left of center, extremely moderate Democrat. Um, but I'm very sympathetic to conservative views. I'm very very sympathetic to the, the pro-life movement. Mm-hmm. I think if we value human life in this country, what's more sacred and precious than a little baby that can't defend itself? However, women have rights too. Mm-hmm. And I don't think a woman should, should be forced to serve a death sentence to give birth to a child if it's mm-hmm. going to kill her. Mm-hmm. I also don't think a woman who's been raped or has a non-viable fetus should be forced to have that child. Yeah. And, I th- and it's a tricky situation. Yeah. Um, but I'm very sympathetic to the pro-life movement, but ultimately I, I call myself reluctantly pro-choice because there has to be some exceptions. And I also mm-hmm. believe it's a fundamental human right, male or female, to go to your doctor and have a private conversation about your body mm-hmm. and your health and get medical care without the government mm-hmm. being involved. Mm-hmm. And so that's my sticking yeah. point on that particular issue. I like it. But when it comes to like the economy and business, I'm pretty conservative. I'm like, look conservative principles work for me so i've got liberal views i'm I'm very liberal on the environment Mm -hmm. Um, but i tell these leftist lunatics that want to shut down bp and exxon to save the environment i'm like you need to work with those people to turn this thing around (laughs) if you want to get us on renewable energy and stop stop the damage we've done to the environment you need exxon and bp's resources their infrastructure their Mm -hmm. scientists their chemists their money yes their facilities that's just higher level thinking david that's these other folks are they're approaching it from a much more like reptilian brain, like oh, yeah, I agree. Smash tribalism, smash, yeah, yeah, binary, uh, yeah. So yeah. take out whatever the bad, you know, whoever the bad guy is, and whatever's not working. And um, yeah, I think that's. I mean, it's actually. I don't know how much you've spent time looking into uh, Greenpeace and like the Sea Shepherds. Are you familiar? I'm with familiar with them the, a little bit. They they yeah. actually started out as a as a uh, duo. And, um, you know, saving, saving the oceans and saving the whales and, and all that from, uh, being sold on the black market and how that, how that impacts our planet actually sure. losing those mammals. But anyways, they ended up going head to head and one of the partners wanted to stay out on the open seas and, you know, be there physically to stop the, the whale hunting. And the other one was like, we're, we're going to have to work this from the inside out. And mm. is now, and that's really kind of so how, that that's, how that's how Greenpeace really came about is that ah. they're in the political offices. Yeah. They are doing the inside. You got to get in the game. You really got to have both, you know, it's just, yeah. So it's, it's interesting. Um, yeah. You got to get, got to get in the game mm-hmm. and, and be a reformer from, from within. Yeah. 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 So you're kind of saying the same thing with, with Exxon and B you know that that's kind of more that higher level uh, we need to we need to work this from the inside <laughs> approach this differently sometimes sometimes hulk smash does not always work so yeah and know. i think it needs to be said and this is where free speech comes in i think we have a criminal psychopath who used to be our president a couple of years ago i really do i, I think he's a bad human being um i th- think uh, um you know he, he he's fooled a lot of people I think he's thrown out a lot of um, political ideas like the Bible and the Ten Commandments and um, pro-life and that kind of stuff. And uh, I feel sorry for the people who stormed the Capitol on January 6th because they believe in someone who doesn't doesn't believe in in them, in my opinion. Mm. They were pawns in his game of chess to steal our democracy from us. Mm. You know, if people people I know disagree with that or this offends them, I'm sorry, but I'm going to express myself. I think that, that man is incredibly dangerous. I'm glad he's gone. I hope he stays away. Uh, I think that needs to be said. Yeah, you have, um, this is the space for you to say it, man. But I respect the people who voted for him. I don't think less of them. I disagree with them. I know p- p- 
majority of my clients are conservative or right leaning right. and they're decent folks. They just, I believe they got hoodwinked by this guy, mm-hmm. you know? Well, um, like you said, I, I mean, I personally don't know anyone who is just, com- they, they can completely agree with everything someone from the right says and don't agree with anything from the left. Like there's a, there's a little I know bit some of a people. smattering I know of, several people. of, you know, a little bit of here, a little bit of this, a little bit of that, you know, I think that having, being able to see both sides and, um, potentially, you know, vote in those different areas, depending on who's truly in, you know, up for the election. It, it, it makes you a much more, and this is my opinion, well-rounded individual who's willing to take a look at both sides and say, well, what are you saying? Well, what are you saying? Hmm, well, let me to figure out where I, where I fall on this and vote where, based on what my personal convictions are in, or integrity, where it lies, as mm-hmm. opposed to just being labeled in one color or one corner of the spectrum or something, sure. you know? Yeah. So I think that's, I think it's wise. And again, proving, you know, you really, you really are open-minded to people who maybe didn't vote the same way that you would have and, and seeing, well, they're good people. And, you know, maybe they got hoodwinked or, or maybe they just, they voted for these particular reasons and not those reasons or, you know, or maybe he's not a criminal psychopath and I'm wrong. That's possible. Maybe, (laughs) maybe he's a good guy. Maybe he'll run for the Pope next. I don't know know what I'm saying. Like I could be wrong. Right. Um, But we have to be able to see people for who they are and put yourself in their shoes and put yourself in their shoes and see, see how from their perspective they voted for him or his policies Mm. and genuinely Mm. put yourself in their shoes and doing so doesn't compromise your own values and your own beliefs. It's just, it's called empathy and it's a big deal. Um, uh, integrity thing is very important for me. I tell people when I'm talking to them about politics, I listen to conservative talk radio a lot. I listen to Fox news. I listen to MSNBC. I listen to CNN. I listen to independent journalists. Like I want to hear what everybody's saying Mm -hmm. so I can make my own informed opinion and Mm -hmm. not live in an echo chamber. Mm -hmm. And that type of radical partisan politics is rampant in our society and it's dangerous and it breaks up, the saddest part is it breaks up relationships and families and right. friendships and all that. Right. And that's terrible. Which is the reason why I avoid these conversations at Thanksgiving. <laughs> because yeah. I know I have people in my family that are on opposite sides of the spectrum. And I just am like, can we just, can we just not well, talk about that? Because it's just dividing. Well, what's and their motivation? They're not, is it- they're not able to hold space for it like you and I are. Where it's like, I can see the person and not their vote. Yeah. You know, um, but what's their motivation? Is it to browbeat you into thinking the way they do or shame you if you don't? Or is it generally, generally to engage someone in discourse, be respectful, and try to learn something from them? That's that's when I engage somebody in a conversation. Yeah. The world would be a boring place if everybody was like me. Mm-hmm. I, I, I enjoy conversations with people I agree with, but I prefer conversation with people I, I disagree with because I learn from that. Right. So Absolutely. I think that needs to be said, but I'm, my open-mindedness. Not everyone has that gift, David. You know, I think more and more people are coming to that because they value peace over your position. It's a binary choice. Politics. Do you want to keep your best friend or right. you want to be right about politics? I think, I think there's a, a shift in, you know, at least the people that I know that are here in the U.S. just going, you know, it's just not worth it. I do want to be your friend. I do want to be friends with my neighbor. I, we don't need to talk about that. I can see you for who you are. Mm-hmm. And let, let's leave this out of the conversation, you know? So it's interesting because it kind of puts politics back in the closet, but I'm like, that's sort of where I feel like sometimes it should be yeah. so that we can have a humanitarian, warm, fuzzy, we want to have relationships, you know? What are your values? Do you want to have a lot of friends, people like you? Uh, Dr. Phil says, do you want to be happy or do you want to be right? Right. You can't be both right. at the same time. You, right. you can't be right all the time and be happy. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So nice. I just want people to know my open-mindedness yeah. and my integrity extends to politics. Mm-hmm. I can get, get into 
a heated discussion with you about it and disagree with each other and still respect you right. and not diminish your um, your worth and your integrity and your character just because we disagree. I wish more people could do that. Right. It's part of the platform of this show. Yeah, well, <clears throat> excuse me, and maybe more people will be able to because I've heard you do that on some of your other episodes where you someone shares their opinion and you say, well, I'm going to disagree with you there. And here's what I think, but I totally respect what you just said. And I'm not going to insult you. that makes a huge, huge difference. Yeah. yeah. So, no, I think that you're leading by example. I hope the whole world listens to your podcast and says, Me oh, too. if Digital David could do it, I could do it. Let's be more open-minded. Let's put let's put love first or kindness first or peace first, you know, understanding and acceptance. Yeah. You know, so, yeah. Well, I appreciate you diving into that. Thank uh, you. I think, I think uh, you're, you're in an awesome space, and I love what you're offering for people. Whether they come on your show or not, I think you're a little light in the world. I'll too. have anybody yeah. on. Just, just don't promote violence, you yeah. know, that, that kind of thing. Yeah. Other than that, it's all fair game. Well, I want to transition to our segment, yes. which is called Three Questions, and it is brought to you by our nonprofit, See Good to Be Good, which aims to act as a source of hope and motivation and inspiration to help folks achieve their dreams. What's better than that? Mm. No judgment on the dreams. We are accepting donations to help fund our need-based scholarship to help a young person pay for their education in the arts. If you would like to help, please let us know. So the three questions that I have for you today. Number one, why are you successful? I'm successful because of the contributions of a lot of people in my life mm. that took an interest in me when they didn't really have to. Mm. Uh, there's a long list of people so I won't go into the list right now, but even down to the person that I don't even know at the grocery store two weeks ago, ago who asked me how my day was. Mm -hmm. My success is far more a product of the people in my life and the th th things that have been done for me and the opportunities that have been put in front of me far more than any decision I've made or anything I've done. Um, but there are some decisions I've made that have led to success. Uh, one of them is um, you have to believe that success is possible. Mm. I chose to believe it even when I chose to think it and tell myself that even when I didn't believe it, even when I couldn't see it. And that's kind of the fake it till you make it mentality. You have to believe in the possibility of success and reaching your dreams. Um, I've also lived a disciplined financial lifestyle. Mm. I've avoided debt. I don't spend money I don't have. I go slower when I'm doing things because I do them organically and I fund them mm -hmm. financially responsibly. Um, other than that, integrity is a big deal. Mm -hmm. I've got two other team members. One of them's fairly new, um, but the other one has been with me for 12 years and I've always been over backwards to do right by him and make him feel appreciated and take care of him for his contributions to our business. And it's no um, coincidence that we're also really close friends mm -hmm. and uh, we really care mm -hmm. about each other. And by the way, he's a, Trump-supporting conservative Mormon. Wow. Yeah. And he's coming on the podcast a week from today, actually. Oh, great. Yeah. So. Um, I'm sure you guys have had loads of conversations off the air. Yep. Absolutely. But it's <laughs> so never. So you're it's pros never, at this? It's never disrespectful. And yeah, I love him. Good. And I respect him. He's a family good. man. And he's a man of integrity. I admire him. Oh, that's so, great. So, yeah, my success is by, by and large the result of all, all the good things people in my life have done for me and the opportunities that have been put in front of me and me making some good decisions and sticking mm -hmm. to some uh, um, conservative uh, f financial principles, mm -hmm. saving money yeah. and uh, not going into debt and a lot so of forth. Good, a lot of good tips there, my goodness. Yeah. So uh, why are you happy? I'm happy because I choose to be. 
Uh, I don't get up every mo- morning with a smile on my face, excited to embrace the day. Some days I, I want to stay in bed. Mm-hmm. Some days uh, I don't want to confront some customer I'm going to have to deal with later that day or I uh, have to go to some event with my wife or my son, my son that I got volunteered for, right, that I'm not always enthusiastic about going to, or whatever, whatever it might be, right? <laughs> oh, my God, Digital David's human. I was starting to think maybe you were a cyborg. <laughs> no, 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 no. There's other reasons to think I'm a cyborg. But, no, I'm happy because I choose to be, and I also p- believe in the possibility of being happy. I think, it, I think it's attainable and it's real. And I've always been fascinated before I achieved happiness by people that were happy. I studied mm. them. I wanted to be like them. Um, so, and I place my value in people and relationships and it, and it, trying to be a better person a little, little bit more every day. So that's why, and my family, of course, my family is the single greatest uh, source mm-hmm. of happiness and, and joy and gratitude I have. So I've had a lot of things go my way in life and most of it's beyond my control and I'm just overflowing with gratitude. Nice. So. Nice. Awesome. And then, uh, the third question here, what obligation do you feel? Yeah, I look at success as a ladder, and I've cl- I climbed a lot of ladder uh, rungs of the ladder of success for myself as I as, as I define success. And every rung I climb, I I look below me and I say, "Oh, there's somebody a few rungs below me. Mm-hmm. Let's take a minute and pause mm-hmm. and reach down and help pull that person up." Mm-hmm. It genuinely is uh, um, an almost euphoric sense of happiness and contentment I get from helping other people. So it's an obligation, but it's also a privilege to help other people. Yeah. And we talked so, about that on my episode too. Yeah. It's so, it's so important. Yeah. And right. it's so rewarding. I mean, I do it for selfish reasons, so to speak. <laughs> I mean, it makes me happy. I genuinely enjoy it. It's not laborious. It's not a burden. It's mm-hmm. a privilege and a source of joy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Awesome. So. Well, I'm going to throw a fourth question at you real quick. Yeah. Last one. So we talked a lot about Digital David today. I want to know where the name Respect the Math comes from that's a great question thank you you're full of great this ideas is, this is just really like a what the heck who the heck why who yeah that's really what this episode is that that's what you can put as the tagline <laughs> before i answer this i want to say something if this thing takes off and i hope it does and if coral wants to she's going to be involved in this podcast at a much higher level i'd lo- love to hire your your brain and your experience and your creative eye but also all your great ideas to help take this show oh, to the next well, level. So I wanted to throw that out there for those people <laughs> listening. Hope, hopefully you'll be seeing a lot, a lot more of me and, and Coral's contribution to the show, if she, if she wants to, of course, if it makes <laughs> sense. Um, so the answer to the question is, I happen to be working on a, on a project where I was handling lo- lots of different forms of media. There were still images, there were home video clips, there were DVD footage, there was audio, there was microphone recordings, all kinds of stuff. And in a digital workflow, when you're working with that stuff, you have to respect the math. You mm. have to have a native resolution, both audio and video. You have to have a fixed frame rate. You have to have a fixed, um, what's called a, um, a bit rate for when you're encoding audio and video. Mm. It's a very, very delicate process. And when you're working with mixed forms of media that have different resolutions, different frame rates, different levels of compression, different levels uh, of post-production, whether it's um, color editing or um, mastering, all that kind of stuff, you have to respect the math. Mm -hmm. And in that moment, it occurred to me, respect the math and you'll get through this project and the result will be what you want. Mm -hmm. And that just stuck with me. And I was Mm -hmm. like, so much of my life, I'm respecting the math. Mm -hmm. And so that's where it came from. And even in the case of the podcast too, you're respecting the math that the other folks that come and sit here with you, that they've, they've worked out for themselves. So yeah. respecting their truth. Respecting, I like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. 
Great question. Thank yeah, you. Cool. All right. Yeah. Well, um, let's see. C.S. Lewis said, true humility is not thinking less of yourself. It is thinking of yourself less. I like that. And I think you do that a lot. Honestly, David, I think you're always thinking. First of all, you're always thinking. Yeah. <laughs> Second of all, you're always thinking about the people around you, how you can help them, how you can make the world a better place. And the I'll be I'll be so curious. I would at some point I would like to hear what is your like life list, like your your bucket list, life checklist, like what what's after this phase? You know, what what are all what are all the things in your brain that you want to do? I can answer um, that. But I know that they're all we have to, may have to save it for another episode. Well, I've got a quick we, answer. Okay. <laughs> the next horizon. Oh. Yeah. So the next horizon, we'll, we'll see what that turns out to be. Okay. Very cool. Uh, so, Hey listeners, we're so glad that you hung in this far. Uh, if you would like to be a guest on our show or you would like help creating and or distributing your own po podcast content, please contact us for more information. Thank you to the listeners and our sponsors for making this podcast possible and hopefully successful. We'll see you real soon on a future episode of Respect the Math podcast. I am Curious Coral posing as Digital Dave. Thank you for a fabulous interview, Digital Dave. And Thank we'll you. see you guys next time. Thank you.